Hello, everyone, and welcome back to His Only Vice, the film podcast where we discuss the movies that shape us. You guys, I'm so excited about the guest today. It is one of my friends from work and now friends from life. Um, we are constantly talking about movies, and we're sort of, I would say, in a little informal competition to see who can watch more movies in a year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome into your ears, Jesus Cominere Spiniango. Jesus, how was my pronunciation? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. What, why don't you say it properly for everyone? So, actually, my name is Jesus Colmenares Piñango. Oh, beautiful. Enye is like tiny. The really Enye, the Enye, it's good. yeah. Piñango. Yeah, you got it. Okay, okay. You got the flow. I'm, wor- uh, you know, I'm working on it. I always joke that I can speak iPhone Spanish. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jesus, how are you? Oh, thank you for inviting me of course the first time i'm recording a podcast Ooh, so yeah, yeah. you are um probably i think this is like the third person that i joke that i have taken the podcast virginity from so i'm very excited <laughs> so um what? you just moved yeah well i moved i used to live in manhattan so i moved to jersey jersey so I'm a jersey boy now like you told me exactly before, how to make yes <laughs> but yeah i'm a jersey boy now and i'm in new york since like uh 2015 2015 yeah, love that that's... and tell the audience where you were before i'm from caracas venezuela that's okay. the north of south america i'm from the caracas north. the capital i've been living there like for more than 20 years it's mm-hmm. my city but now new york is my city that's so, right yeah since even I though came... even though you're in jersey now yeah new york still still, still the place. My city. it's gonna be forever my city it's exactly something in new york that you're gonna miss it forever if you leave so that's why exactly. i say this is my city also like if you live like just over the river it's like basically still yeah, new york you can like yeah i live in new york and people minutes exactly they don't know exactly you can see the skyline from my from my house so exactly. that's good exactly. Manhattan, so you got it i mean that's even better honestly like yeah. to live just outside and get that nice view mm, yeah. perfect and you got a quiet place that's exactly. lovely you get all the views without the noise and the sunset sunrise and you got everything so i love it love that love that well congrats it's very exciting <laughs> um hey zeus i like to spend um the first part of my episodes getting to know my guests' tastes, which I know you have. So, can you fill us in on some of your favorite movies? Yes, I can start. I got a couple ones, but okay. I before. Can't wait. Yeah, I've before. Actually, I don't think I know this answer actually. I don't <laughs> think we've ever actually talked about your favorites. Yeah, that's right. So I did. I got a couple ones, but I did my research like yesterday. So okay. just make sure that I want to say the right ones. <laughs> okay. And yeah, do your do your research on your own yeah. Um, favorites. Yeah, my favorites because I got a big list and I've been watching a lot of movies this year. So you got confused a little bit. It's like, oh, I like this one, but <laughs> it's not the right one. So right, I can say my right. favorite. I don't know if it's top five yet. Yeah, that's all right. So my top one ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, do you want me to start like three, two, one? Let's do three, two, one. Let's three, let's two, build one? a little suspense. Yeah, that's good. That makes sense. So the number three for me is Batman: The Dark uh, The Dark Knight. Oh. Christopher Nolan. I'm yeah. a fanboy of Christopher Nolan. I know you too. Yeah. We are in this together oh, too. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, we've done an episode on it. Episode. I'm uh, obsessed with the Nolan trilogy. We, so, have you seen the trailer for the new one? Yeah, of course. Thoughts? Uh, I'm not convinced. <laughs> I want to give it a shot. I want to yeah. give it a shot, of yeah. course. It's Batman. It's a new story. I think they got a good actors in there. So, I want to see the complete thing. So, yeah, the yeah. trailer was apparently only like 20 minutes of the movie. So, something like right. really small. So I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, okay. I still got my thoughts. I still, but on this one, I think it's too hard for them to create a Batman like this one. Yeah, that's, so that's what I'm thinking is like, I don't need another like Nolan knockoff. Like mm-hmm. I want it to be like its own thing. I, re- I love Robert Pattinson. So like I'm excited that he is doing like another big profile movie like this. Um, 
but I, I'm I'm hoping that they don't try to recreate or top Nolan. I think they I hope I hope that they just try to make like their own thing. Like I'm a little afraid that it's gonna end up like sort of jokery and like as like uh, trying to be gritty or trying to be something, and then it just is like weird. But I have I have faith. I have high hopes. So hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, same. same. But focusing on the Dark Knight. I mean, the dark night. come yeah, on. Of course. Obviously, the first number you're going to say besides Christopher Nolan is Heath Ledger because he's always going to be a legend. Legend. With, because you didn't expect that he was going to be that good. I mean, come on. And Exactly. And you didn't expect that one's going to affect him that much after. So you're like into the character because you knew what happened. And also like how he shows how good and evil that 50-50 that you got in the movie. Right, right. How they work and they have to be together so they can survive. I love that perspective of the movie and how Nolan show you. Also, I, I'm a big fan. Like, I want to go to Chicago because one of the city I've never been uh-huh. yet. Same. I haven't been either. So I want to go there so I can see, obviously, on the Michigan Avenue and everything yeah. where they record those images of him. Yeah. It's like so, in my mind, I love it. So Yeah, I got, I mean, we got to give it up for the, that trio. It's just like, I mean, I think I talked about this with Greg when we talked about this movie. It's just like a, a genre-defying trilogy it's just so good and i'm pretty sure when i rewatched over quarantine you and i were talking about how it's just like the best of the best yeah during quarantine we talked a lot about movies we sure did um i think in march it was march or april i watched 40 movies yeah pretty much the same let me see i got my notes yeah, over yeah, here okay. about that let's, one let's compare let's yeah. compare um, i literally i think it was let me um so if you guys don't know this about me, which I'm pretty sure all the listeners do, like I'm a crazy list person. So I, of course, have a list of all the movies I've watched in 2020 thus far. <laughs> and for March, yeah, it was 40. So on April was the one I got more. Mm-hmm. It was like 52. Jesus, yeah. that is wild. I got a trick over there because I watched the whole Marvel. That's right. So That's it right. was I remember 22 movies that. Yeah. that I watched in like in seven days. It was crazy because also I, I was in the quarantine with my mom. Right. And she never saw any movie like oh, about okay. Marvel. Mm-hmm. So she thought at the beginning, oh, mom, we're going to start watching this. Oh, that's about like the show like Lost. It's like not an airplane because she saw something Captain <laughs> America with the airplanes and no, oh, no, no, it doesn't. It's, it's completely different. That's amazing. And then she was like really into <laughs> till the end with Endgame. She was like, oh, and there's another one, Spider Man. I want to watch it. Yeah, she was like, Good. love that. So that's, that's awesome. my trick. On that one, I watched like fifty bunch of movies. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> it was right, right. A lot. I remember you rewatching those, and I yeah. was like, damn, he is flying through yeah. these. I gotta catch up. But I love it. I um, love it. so quick break from your favorites. What's your favorite Marvel movie? Ooh. Put you on the spot. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Captain America. Because on this time, I rewatched it. Which one? I want to say... When, the first one. The first okay. Avenger. Yeah, the and first then Winter so Soldier. Okay. Because on those two, you actually see, like, they create the plot of the whole... The, pretty much the whole history. Like, right. one in Captain America's Iron Man, yeah. basically... And that's the main thing. And when you watch it again, you can see that it's a it's a it's good build, like yeah. they, how they did it. Yeah. But also, Endgame and, and yeah. yeah, Infinity War is like the the top. But I want to say like Captain America. Um, yeah, I feel like most people usually say um, uh, Civil War when they talk about um, Captain America because like it's basically another Avengers movie, yeah. like that scene at the airport or yeah, wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Budapest, I think. Yeah. 
that is like basically an Avengers scene because like they're all there like battling it out. Um, I think my favorite, so my favorite Marvel movies are actually the Uh X-Men. I just like have such a soft spot for X-Men and the original Sam Raimi trio of Spider-Man, which I go off on rants about all the time. (laughs) Um, But if I had to pick like an MCU, um, probably either Civil War, Captain America Civil War, or um, Infinity War. Or Black Panther. Those are sort of the three that stick out to me. I, I like the... For for my money, a Marvel movie needs to be like a big ensemble piece. Like for me, the, the Avengers movies are like obviously the pinnacle of the MCU. And that makes sense given how much money they make and blah, 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 blah. Oh, but, I thought you were going to be like uh, with Thor Ragnarok too. I, okay, so that's another... That's another um, you know that I love Taika Waititi yeah, exactly. and Kate Blanchett, so I do love Ragnarok as well. Um, it's just that Thor isn't like my favorite character. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily like rooting for Thor the most of all of them. So, but I'm very excited for you know the movie industry to recover from COVID because I'm very excited about this Black Widow movie we're getting with like Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson and everything. So, I'm excited. But anyway, <laughs> number two. Number two. So let's go with the number two. That's from Steven Spielberg. That's from uh, 1993. Yeah. Schindler's List. Of course. When you said 1993, I was like, Schindler's List. That was this one of his best movies ever. And also, you're like sci-fi with Steven Spielberg because you know everything Jurassic Park, E.T. and everything. But when you see this movie, what he did in the movie, how he can create the colors because there's some specific point he showed in specific colors to Mm -hmm. show like all the destruction about the war. And the red coat thing will Mm -hmm. live on in history. Exactly. And... What I love about that is, like, you always have to keep present the history. For me, besides Marvel and everything, all sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. I'm really into, like, movies that can show the real war. For me, it's, like, it's a way to express what's going on, mm-hmm. what happened before, yeah. and what you can do to yeah. avoid that happening again. Those Absolutely. Disasters. So, for me, this one is, like, they show you how the man can be. Yeah. And why you should avoid yeah why you can do to stop that yeah and it's like it, you can feel it you can feel it in the acting about uh ralph fines oh, i love ralph how Fiennes. he is so evil yeah and he doesn't care anything about who I he's know. next to it he plays such so it's so funny because he plays such a good villain like obviously he went on to play voldemort yeah. but he's also so good as like you know either like the romantic lead or like he's so great in um grand budapest so he really can like just do it all it's like kind of funny and also i remember always like in red dragon Mm -hmm. remember the trilogy about the silent of the lambs that one that was like he's so good yeah he's so like he can show you like him in his mind how he's into the character and Mm -hmm. how he can transform so i love that about that about him yeah and leonism leonism is like a is they they create a great character for him like how he can support the people like right. you can do it now even like you get the real world and you can support anything anyone you really want like if in your hands you can do it and yeah. it's like a good expression of how yeah. you can help so oh, I, I love that, that. Yeah. Um, every time that I walk by or every time that I'm on like a moving runway or like walkway at JFK or something um, those are designed by the Schindler company and I'm pretty sure that was started by Oscar Schindler. So every time that I see that, I think of that movie yeah. and think of him. Because they left um, a legacy for us. Oh, yeah. Even like you're from South America, from Europe, from everywhere. So yeah. it's a legacy for all humankind. Yeah. So that's what I love about yeah. that movie. I love that answer. That's such a good answer. And that movie was such like a, um, I think it was really, I mean, Spielberg obviously is so well known for his sort of larger than life creations. Like you were mentioning with 
um, Jurassic Park and uh, um, Indiana Jones and Jaws and E.T. and all this stuff. So to see this like really grounded, though it is like it is an epic movie. It's like over three hours. It has, you know, so many practical sets and so many extras. But to see him do this like grounded historical drama was like really cool. And then it went on to win like seven Oscars. It was the best picture winner of the year I was born. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I really I that's an excellent pick. And we have not talked about Steven Spielberg nearly enough on this podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that perspective. That's nice. That's nice. Um yeah, that's a that's a good one. Ben Kingsley's in that, he's great in that too. Um Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. I love the colors and the black and white thing, like they can express us that way is is lovely. lovely. And there's like six million think pieces about mm-hmm. the red dress. It's like everyone has an yeah. opinion on that. So. And the thing is like when you watch it and rewatch it again, you're mm-hmm. gonna see the different histories between in the actual yeah. movie is, is lovely. It's you know, lovely. I've never rewatched that movie because it's one of those movies where it's like the my first experience watching it just sort of sits with me mm-hmm. and like I haven't quite reached the point where I wanna rewatch it yet. Um, I remember the first time I watched it was on my mom's couch. I was at my mom's house. It was like Christmas break from college, like 2014, 2015. Um, and I, at the end, I was just sort of, I was literally sitting in silence in the dark, staring at the TV like, oh my God. Because they have like the real life footage and the real life stuff at the end. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I just was like so deeply affected that like I couldn't even like get up to go to bed for like it was like 11:30 p.m. I was just like sitting there like oh my god like not crying not like I'm just like feeling just a, so many emotions that I was like oh my god I can't move. Um, I think yeah. that's the main reason we watch movies like to make exactly. you feel that way yes. because it's good to have fun with an action movie but yeah. you want to feel what the director yeah. wanted to show you. Yeah, like, he was thinking and that's the main example like the first example with Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah, and I love. That. I um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have this weird like duality of like I'll watch a movie for escapism purposes where I'll just like watch it and it's flouncy and it's fun and I escape and that's that. Or I'll like watch something that I like is so specific that it just like feels universal, like like a Lady Bird or a Moonlight or something, and I'll just be like so deeply affected and be like, oh my god, I feel seen. So like I feel like there's there's two. I want movies to either like completely take me somewhere else or like really strike an emotional chord. So those are usually the ones that like yeah, like you said, like Lady Bird, it takes us here because we're not from New York, from New York. So it makes it like oh, I did that, so I yeah. came here. Yeah, I yeah, was that so ending. It takes I am. Yeah, and Lady Bird and I have the same last name, which I always <laughs> like to mention. Um, yeah, Chandler's List. That's a that's a good one. I haven't thought about that movie in a while. Nice. nice. All right. Good. Lay it down. What's number one? Let's see. So my number one. please. For that one. That one is from a book from Stephen King. Okay. And my number one, Hmm. you know which one it is. It's The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. I didn't know that. Yeah. For me, that that is the best movie ever. You know, you are not alone in thinking that because I'm pretty sure Shawshank Redemption was the number one movie on IMDb for like a million years. I don't know if it is. It still is. Yeah, yeah. it's still rate. It's like no matter where you go, no matter what city you're in, no matter who you are, everyone who's seen that movie loves that movie. And it's not only like okay, it's number one, but it got reasons to be the number one. It's like pretty much perfection with all the characters and how they build the script from the book to the movie. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing. In the acting, in the acting, it's like they show you since the beginning. Yeah. Because you, we can talk of spoilers about the movie, like, because it's from almost 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it came out in 1994. It's almost 30 years yeah, ago. It's, closer, yeah, it's like 30, closer to yeah, 30 than 20. Yeah. So, on this one, they show you, like, a, a 
man that it could happen like anyone yeah and he's, he's in shock he's completely in shock he yeah. doesn't know what's going on he doesn't know like but he's into it and he's playing guilty and everything yeah and uh, he never lose hope that's the main thing yeah he never lose hope because yeah. he it reminds me like a serious black on harry potter like when he was in azkaban and yeah he knew he never was guilty so they yeah. never took the, the mentors never took hope from him yeah so it's like a you can wow what a good that. parallel okay yeah, jesus coming in with the wisdom no, you see you that's can compare good. that they never took hope so he could escape yeah so that's a good comp- I yeah that. and i love like how the narrative like how morgan freeman tells you the story so i right. know this guy from the beginning i right. thought he was gonna crack down and he never did he yeah. never showed emotion he never did that yeah and he fought to the end and what a classic trope of like having Morgan Freeman be the narrator. Like yeah. that was like such that was such a move for so mm-hmm. long, and it's it it's never more like at a pinnacle than with Shawshank Redemption. Um, I actually was on a friend's podcast talking about Shawshank Redemption, um, uh, and when I rewatched it, because the first time I watched it, I think was like maybe on a plane or something, and then when I finally like could watch it on like a big screen and like really take it in. I was like, wow, this movie really is. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, this is good, but I don't understand like, what everyone freaks out about. Maybe I was just too young, but upon rewatching, I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. And that, that, that shot that is like him under the rain, that's like sort of become synonymous. That's literally like the parallel shot for like this Tim Robbins' character's life, right? He literally has to crawl through shit to get out of prison. Exactly. And he goes through, you know, all this drama and then finally, like, he makes Gets it out. Own free, the freedom um, he deserved for exactly. 25 years, yeah. something like that. While maintain Because he maintained innocence for so long. And it has so many good, like, supporting characters. Um, um, the the villain is so good. Like, Bob Gunton as the yeah. the um, warden. It's just, yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of the great, like, villains of um, film. Tim Robbins is obviously amazing. Morgan Freeman is obviously amazing. Um a best picture winner thing. the final year or the mm-hmm. next year after Schindler's List actually yeah. and then the year before Schindler's List I think was Silence of the Lambs so that was a good run that, that was like run. three good movies right in a row and what you say like the first when you first watch it for the first time on a plane mm-hmm. I watch it fun fact is I watch it on, there's a channel in my country called like Benevision it's okay. like one of the channels like USA Channel things yeah, like yeah. that they use like on Sundays. They call like a cinema millionaire, like millionaire movies, like the top. And that was the first time I watched it. And I was like, I don't know, twelve. Yeah. Then I yeah. I didn't know what I, what I was right. watching. You were like, but I was like really into it. And then I watched it. And I've been watching it like for eight times, same time. I I, I lose the count. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. love them. Yeah. You just rewatched it, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. And I was like, gonna say you just ago. yeah yeah. Two days ago, I needed it. I needed yeah. to watch it. It's like mm, more hope. Yeah. in our lives that's good seriously that that is a movie we need right now yeah exactly. um wow those are that's a good list that is a um comprehensive list i'd say um dark yeah, Knight, the... schindler's list mm-hmm. shawshank you got a little bit of everything yeah and arguably should all be best picture winners Oop, just sure, saying sure. yep um, sure. <laughs> so we don't make those decisions Listen, <laughs> if I could make that decision, there would be a couple Best Picture winners <laughs> no, that yep. I would revoke, um, starting with a recent one. Um, <laughs> not say names. Yeah, not Parasite. No. We all know no, I love no, Parasite. No, no, that no, one no, definitely no. deserved it. Um, but maybe the one before that. Um, okay, so <laughs> who are some of your favorite movie stars now that we have some of your favorite movies? I want to start with the women. Go for it. I got For them, I got a, like a... Or I got like a crush 
to be honest, okay. with Robin Wright. You know Robin Wright? Oh, from... wait. I think you told me about that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. told you about that. I love her. It's like, oh, I want to meet her. I yeah. want to see her. At I think actually, I think during quarantine, I did like a Who's Your Celebrity Crush? And I think you responded <laughs> yep. to Robin Wright. Yeah, yeah. She is so my funny. top one I forgot one about that. Ever. That is so funny. Yeah. And the funny thing is like... I mean, she's of, great. Yeah, she's... Uh, you can see like a lot of people hate it because mm-hmm. of Forrest Gump. Like Jenny. Right. She did like everything to Forrest. So... Right. A lot of people hate him because of that, but right. you can see the contrast when you go to House of Cards, and she's like and such a powerful <laughs> yeah. woman. Like she gets what she earns, like yeah. working on it. So yeah. he's so strong. And she's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which yep, for those is, of you yeah. who are not in this living room with me and Jesus, Jesus is wearing a Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He knew his audience when he showed up today. Because <laughs> I love that movie and I love Denis Villeneuve. But anyway, back to Robin Wright. So right, and also she's in Moneyball too. And Wonder Woman. Wonder so Woman. many, like, culture-defining mo- movies. And, like, people... Like, I can't believe she hasn't, like, been nominated for an Oscar or, like... Um, she was... She wasn't nominated. I, yeah, I, she's never... Research, no, she wasn't yeah, nominated. she's never had a, an Oscar nomination, but she's been nominated for, like, eight to ten mm-hmm. Emmys. I can't even keep track anymore, yeah. but... <laughs> but still, she's good. Yeah. She is so good, and I she's love so how... Good. The way she works, how she can adapt to different characters, yeah. even good, bad, or... Yeah different options and also like sentimental romantic thing also yeah. she does really good yeah and, and she's that. she's also like um she's so good in um a girl with the dragon tattoo too mm-hmm. yeah, she's just in like all these big blockbuster movies like doing really grounded works so i'm like go off robin even like she's not in the top 10 of the people for me she's the number one yeah love that and on this one i'm fighting between like i want to say number two but i got four so, okay, yeah, we'll say it's a top four. Yeah, but for this one, I want to say Amy Adams. <laughs> Love Amy Adams. It's so funny you should bring her up because, first of all, it's just her birthday. Mm-hmm. Second of uh-huh. all, I was just talking to my roommate, Aaron, about Amy Adams because we're always... You talk about her first, and then I'll give you my perspective. Well, with Amy Adams, like, she deserves an Oscar, like, years ago. I mean, she has, like, seven nominations yeah. now? Six, seven, eight? I think six. No, seven, seven. She deserves it. She owns that. She, <laughs> she need, people so need to give it to her. She's going to be in a movie called um, Hillbilly Elegy, which is like already getting Oscar buzz for her. Mm. I think. I think that's the movie I'm thinking of. Oh, so I guess we'll see if it comes out in 2020. I guess yeah. we'll see. <laughs> it might be her year, finally. Oh, um, yeah. This is what you're going to remember. This so year. <clears throat> I and love- for her... I love uh, Nocturnal Animals. Oh. That was a recommendation for you. Yeah. Obviously, Jake in there. So mm-hmm. I was like watching it. And those parallel histories, so I'm really into it. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And I mean, she... I just rewatched that to do that episode with Talia. So <laughs> I that movie is fresh in my brain. She's so good in that movie. Um, she um, She's in Arrival. Arrival. So, another Denis Villeneuve movie. And with um, Arrival, it's good because you can have those two timelines mm-hmm. that is similar to Nocturnal mm-hmm. Animals. And mm-hmm. she's like, hmm, she can show you that. Mm-hmm. She's, like, she's also in Julie and Julia, which has mm-hmm. dueling timelines as well. Not not for her, but like Meryl Streep mm-hmm. is in one time period and Amy Adams is in another. Um, she's in Catch Me If You Can. She um, is in Junebug, which I think was her first Oscar nomination. She's amazing in Doubt. But what I think she should have won her Oscar for is The Master. The, Master? the Paul Thomas mm-hmm. Anderson movie. Yep. Have you seen that? Yeah. So yes. I think her, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Joaquin Phoenix should have all won Oscars for that movie. They are so, so, so good in that movie. And that movie is wild. So like the commitment that they gave to that performance, those performances are crazy. Especially because it sort of has like Scientology um, mm-hmm. uh, parallels where it sort of seems like 
which is kind of bold because a lot of Hollywood is like Scientology following, which but is isn't very a good building in a good way. It's a right. different way they can show it. Um, so, yeah. And so that movie, I just think is like, first of all, it's like one of my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movies, probably his best screenplay, I would say even. Um, and her work in that is just like, oh, it's so good. So what we were talking about though with Amy is like, we feel like she hasn't been given a role yet that she can fully like go there yet. Like when Kate Blanchett got like Blue Jasmine or something, mm-hmm. that was a movie where she could just unleash all of her talents, right? She could fully just like, she was like woman on the brink and then spilled over the, the, t- the top. Amy Adams hasn't like really gotten a role yet. I think... Um, I think she was like pretty much on that line. Yeah. But she needs to take it to the yeah. next there's level. Like, there's like, a, she needs a movie that like really brings her over. Um, American Hustle was close. Mm-hmm. Um, when she played um, Mrs. Cheney in Vice, it was close. Like that movie was like, I thought she was so great in that movie because it was so campy and she like really understood the assignment. And I am famously a Vice apologist. I know a lot of people <laughs> don't like that, but I think that movie is a is a lot of people try to call vice like a redemption of dick cheney but i was like are you kidding like they were just tearing him down for two hours yeah yeah, yeah i love it it's just amy Alice. have to be on my list she has yeah. to be funny thing my first job here in new york mm-hmm. there was a customer it was a cafe so the first customer yeah i think you told me about working yeah. at this cafe yeah in the it was a customer she used to live like next to the building she was like exactly the same as amy adams and i told her you know you look like amy adams like, yeah a lot of friends told me that but she was like exactly wow yeah and let's go to the list like the the red hair and everything mm-hmm. red hair and everything she wow. was like oh is it you it's like no 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 i'm not her uh, i was like look, googling on my yeah, phone it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like no no, it's no. You? <laughs> it was weird because she went like different times and there was a time i have to ask her. Like yeah the third yeah, time yeah. it's like are you even no, no, yeah no, no. i look like her but no <laughs> and going to the list i got on this one it's more like recent it's like um, I was the, in my in my mind. I was like between Jennifer Lawrence, but I went with Emma Stone. Okay. I went with Emma Love Stone. Love Emma. Yeah. yeah. With Emma, her acting is like so deep. When I remember always like Birdman, mm-hmm. when she is talking to him, and that scene. Yeah. Gets yeah. like the nomination for her in the Oscar. Yeah, that Birdman put her like really on the map. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, her first Oscar nomination, of course. But I think that's when people really started to be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this Your girl's brother. good." Yeah. Those yeah. eyes, those huge yeah. eyes, huge eyes, had. red hair. And um, then after that, with La La Land, it's like she can dance, she can sing, yeah. she can do a couple of things. So yeah. she's good. Yeah. I love. And for the next generation, she is gonna be on the top. So yeah. I love. And be- debating with Jennifer Lawrence. I like it. Mm-hmm. I love her acting, but mm-hmm. still, I feel more like connected with Emma Stone. And yeah, like, yeah. I feel like um, Gen- Gen- the media sort of like ruined Jennifer Lawrence. I think for a bit. I think she became so overpopulated mm-hmm. or oversaturated in American culture that like we were kind of like, okay, we're done with Jennifer Lawrence. I love her too. Don't get me wrong, but I think like she was on like every talk show and she was so relatable and everyone was like, oh my god, America's sweetheart, Jennifer Lawrence. Whereas Emma Stone was sort of like you know built herself. Into path. being like America's sweetheart without like her publicist like shoving in our face. Um, so I think Jennifer Lawrence was like, "Wait, I'm gonna go chill for a bit," which is why we haven't really seen her in much lately. Um, but yeah, I, Emma Stone is definitely like, she's sort of like I thought she was like maybe gonna take that Meg Ryan-y path of like being like the next rom com star. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, there, there can only be one Meg Ryan, but like, um, I thought that she was gonna go like that route, like with Easy A and. 
uh, Crazy Stupid Love and all that stuff that she was doing. But then, like, she did Burn Man, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and the directing of that movie yeah. is like, it helped her a lot. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. And last but not least, I want to say Meryl Strip. Of course. She needs to be there. Yeah. She needs to be there. There's, there's no thing that I can say to demonstrate that she needs to be there. Yeah, she needs. Yeah. Meryl Streep is like so prolific and like so ingrained in um, world cinema that like you can't really just, you can't even like talk about movies without exactly. like considering Meryl Streep. So I mean, she have to she's, be. yeah. I mean, there's nothing even more to say. It's, it's Meryl. She's mononymous. It's like. Meryl, period. So, that's great. Good. I started on. with my crush. I started with my crush. And yeah, then I got through the talent. That, and right. now that's with right. the queen. The queen is the Meryl. Queen, so exactly. that's nobody else. Crown the queen. Yeah. All right. Any uh, actors you like? Yeah, I got also Menzies. a list for this one. I will say, first, always come to my mind, his birthday was last week. He's okay. not with us anymore. It's Robin Williams. Mm. Mm-hmm. He, when you were a kid, you watch a movie yeah. of Robin Williams yeah. and... Goodwill Hunting and that I rewatched it during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I saw the message. It's like, ooh, there's a lot of talents hiding people that they don't know is there. Yeah. So he helped him with his experience. And yeah. Boom, in his acting, and he won an Oscar on that on that one, right? Uh, he, he did. Yeah. Right? And Ben and Matt won for their screenplay. For and screenplay. Ben is still the youngest. Ben is younger than Matt. I think mm-hmm. is still the youngest person to win an Oscar for screenwriting. I think he was 24 when they wrote that. 24 and 25. Yeah. And then you jump to his funny parts, his funny mm-hmm. movies. So yeah. he, he really compensated everything. So yeah. He, and he's not with us. I, I wanted to mention him because yeah. we always remember him. Yeah, we openly um, stand Robin Williams on this podcast. Um, I did an episode on the Birdcage where we just sort of uh-huh. word vomited about how much we love him. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, he, he's so Classic committed. Man. The sketch comedy is just so good. Um, yeah. The physical <laughs> comedy is beyond. R.I.P. Okay. Robin. It's always good to remember him. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks. I want to uh, say Tom of Hanks. Course. Of course. Yeah, Jumping from him. Forrest Gump with Robin. Mm-hmm. Now we got Tom. Um, Everything's connected. Have you seen um, that new Apple TV Plus movie? Yeah, Greyhound? I watched it. It's How, good. Did you it's like a it? different perspective of a movie of war, like war okay. movie. It's a different yeah. perspective because it's more suspense like, that you oh, feel okay. it. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. I like it. Yeah, it's I'll have to watch it. It's not his best one, but I like it because you can see like... And you have to watch it with uh, good sound quality. Okay. Because... Like, I mean, we got two HomePods here. I'm ready. Right. Yeah. Got that that stereo quality. No, that's nice. Yeah, you need that. You definitely need that because they're on the sea. They're right. And there's something when you go under the water, and right. you need that sound to be right. really into the movie. But Love it's really that. good. It's really good. Sound And mixing. they show him like a different perspective of like how he is and how he like he believing God and all those things. Yeah. And also, it's his first mission on that boat and uh-huh. he makes a difference during that war so it's good okay okay you can say I that. was like is this Captain Phillips part 2 or what yeah I don't know it's different it's way more different but yeah good. it's really dangerous to travel with him so don't do it right yeah, right that's what, I'm, that's what I'm learning yeah, don't don't, do don't travel with Tom yeah. Kings and for I want to say Al Pacino for the uh, next one yeah the funny thing he wasn't the Godfather he was one of the best in the Godfather yeah. he didn't want an Oscar yeah ironically yeah but with sense of a woman he put a You know, I've never, I've never seen Son of a Woman. What? I know, what I know, I know. It's on the list. It's on the list. It needs to be watched this yeah. year, at least. But I need to watch it. On that one, I don't want to say spoilers on that one. You know, he's don't blind. Don't say anything. He's I blind. do know he's blind, yeah, yeah. He's blind, but he is... I don't want to say nothing so I thought about that one. I famously disliked The Irishman. I thought it was too long, <laughs> too much like other Martin Scorsese movies. 
lot of boring parts, but every time Al Pacino was on screen, I was like, Boom. okay, I'm in. The thing with the Irishman, <laughs> I'm here for this. That one is like a, I, I felt it was a closing with all of them. Sure. Yeah, that, it was a closing. I agree. Yep. It was a complete closing on everything, like, and they deserve it because yeah. obviously age and everything, yeah, yeah. and they deserve a good closing, and this one was good. Yeah. But you need to like to watch all movies of Martin Scorsese to see yeah. what was his intention. Yeah, I think people... Um, Real like Scorsese lovers, of course, obviously love it because of that same thing. It's like it's sort of a, a, a like their sort of magnum opus, or they're like their um, ode to Hollywood, or their their mm-hmm. um, avoir, their farewell, or whatever to um, big budget films, or maybe even Hollywood in general. They're all getting old, right? Um, I'm sure Scorsese will be directing till he can't talk, but. Um, exactly. I think like Al and Joe Pesci and De Niro and all of them were sort of like, okay, we're going to do this last hurrah together. And then that might be that, um, I guess we'll see time will tell, but, um, that is definitely something I do appreciate that movie. But like you were saying with like watching older Scorsese, I just feel like Scorsese made more exciting movies, um, earlier in his career. And I feel like the Irishman you need to maybe, maybe it's a movie that I'll age into. Mm-hmm. I think he maybe made it for his like OG fans that sort of grew up with him. Um, so as they're watching that, they're like, oh, this is me. This is, you know, like as I age, you know, I need to watch the relationships and how I maneuver them. Because ultimately that movie is like about yeah. the father-daughter relationship, relationship, I think. And like the friendships he has. Um, so, yeah. But good. Al Pacino's great. Yeah. For him. And in that list, I want to say, I just want to mention them. But mm-hmm. I don't want to keep them like out mm-hmm. of the list. Obviously, Keanu Reeves with Matrix. He Love. changed like all those movies in 2000s. Yeah. Like, whoa, it blow our yeah. minds. I mean, Speed, Matrix, mm-hmm. genre defining. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Speed, that's good. Uh, Christopher Waltz. Love. Christoph oh Waltz, God. love him. How many languages? Christopher Walken or Christoph Waltz? Waltz. Waltz, yeah. How Christoph many Waltz. Yeah. Language? He speaks five? I think it's five languages. I lost French, count. English, he speaks like six in Inglorious Bastards alone. Yeah. That's amazing. That one. Yeah. And obviously, Jake. Yeah. Hall. Jake Hall. He yeah. needs to be there. Yeah. Jake Hall is the, I would say, the best, the biggest chameleon actor yeah. alive right now. He was so right with that one. I remember Prisoners is the one uh, that you recommended. Prisoners. Prisoners is so good. Another Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing, yeah, spending exactly. lots of time on Denis movies. Yeah. And um, that one, uh, Nocturnal Animals. It's like a, he really can change. And also, you watch him in Spider-Man, the last one. It's like kind of funny thing, but he's a good Yeah, actor. I mean, he's so committed always. <laughs> in every movie, he's so committed. And I famously hated the most recent fireman i thought it was <laughs> yeah it was exactly. so bad um but he is so committed and he's such a fun villain yeah. in that um and he's a- amazing in okja he's like over the top and it, it for him and tilda swinton for me you can sort of make, put them in anything and they'll be brilliant um because they're so committed and so like for being so traditionally handsome he can do like such like crazy things with his face and um he can make himself really ugly and he's really committed to physical comedy so for someone who could have so easily been sidelined as like the pretty boy or like you know like a superhero or something he takes like really uh, um audacious projects and like makes them he really elevates everything he's in um starting you know like from donnie darko to brokeback mountain to like his his like early um career stuff now through like all these crazy things that he's taking with like prisoners and um um no, I mean, more deep. What's Even that? Like he's drawing more deep characters. So yeah. Like What's that drawing. other um, Villanova movie he did with the, the spider where he plays like his own twin? His own uh, twin. I watched it over quarantine and I'm forgetting what it's called. I haven't watched that one. It's like um, um, not Sicario, not Prisoners, not Blade Runner. What is his other movie? <laughs> 
Oh, Enemy, Enemy. Have oh, you seen Enemy? No, 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 okay, no. so Enemy's on Netflix too. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that it's Jake Gyllenhaal in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. And he basically like he plays two different characters that are so wildly different. Okay. Um. So just like everything he's in, okay. Is so good. I'm gonna put it in the list. Yeah, That's Enemy's it. wild. Okay. Um. But yeah, I just want to mention them those, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. are in my list. They're Love in my that. list. Like, and obviously, like a director too. I want to say like Clint Eastwood. Okay. Those adaptations that he put the real life in, mm-hmm. into the movie world. Yeah. Like, so good. And he's acting. still acting. I know. It's crazy. That guy is... I what? go back and forth with Penny Eastwood, but we can yeah, have we can that, that conversation later. later. It depends. <laughs> it depends on the taste. I know it's like yeah. they're so intense. They're yeah. so intense. I have this joke about like being about the 90s being like the age of straight white male um, vanity projects mm-hmm. where they like directed and started and produced like he Clint Eastwood like, unbroken... Um, uh, that Kevin Costner project, uh, Dancing with Wolves, mm-hmm. uh, Braveheart, all three of those like starred and were directed by and ended up winning Best Picture. It's just yeah. Anyway, we that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But so, Jesus, mm-hmm. what movie did you bring for us to really look at today? What movie shaped you? My, so we were talking like before out of mics, and um, <clears throat> we spoke that you never say something about a movie in Spanish. Yes, so I, I have, this is my first foreign language entry. So yeah, let's do that. I'm very like, excited. Yeah. I speak Spanish, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, Dylan, watch this. And yeah. I like told you like three times, watch yeah. this and watch this yeah. one. And then there was a moment that the movie's Wild Tales mm-hmm. in Spanish is Relatos Salvajes. Mm-hmm. So this beautiful movie is kind of crazy, uh-huh. but it's like seven, six histories in the movie. So they build different parts and it's so great. Yeah. It got a good pace. Yeah. Got a good acting. Yeah. And it shocked you. Like, yeah. they finished those histories. Yeah. You can tell me a little bit more. So, yeah. So, to uh, sort of set the ground about what the movie is. So, it, as Jesus was saying, it is called Wild Tales in English. It is a um, sort of like a black comedy anthology movie um, with six different stories about essentially people on the brink, right? Like, um, there's this common theme of, like, violence and vengeance and um, what someone would do when pushed to the edge of their limit, right? Um, so it's this very, like, each of these six vignettes is sort of like a person in a pressure cooker and what will happen, you know, when the lid is finally blown off. Um, that's sort of how, like, I thought about it. Um, it's directed by um, Damien Zif- Zifron. 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 Um, he is an Argentinian director, um, but it is produced by the Amadovar brothers. So for those of you familiar with, you know, Pedro Amadovar's directorial work or Augustine's... Um, uh, pr- uh, production work. They produced a lot of stuff together. Um, they did this movie. It went on to compete for the Palme d'Or at the 2014 Cannes Festival. Um, it got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film and ended up winning that same category at the BAFTA. So, like, it really made an international mark. Um, you can sort of feel the Amadovar influence as well. It's, like, very over the top. It's very colorful. Um, the the dialogue is almost, like, melodramatic, almost campy. Um, the, the, the stakes are so high the whole time. Um, and that has, like, a, um, a wonderful cast. Um, they're all so committed and they all like really I, I say this phrase a lot but they really understand the assignment they like get what movie they're in um but yeah it was um it came out in 2014 um it was it like got its wide release you know later on in the year after can um the budget was like four million yeah. went on to gross like close for 30 so it, it became you know argentina pretty much yep pretty much yep. All the country uh, inside Buenos Aires and outside of Buenos Aires and around Salta and a couple of places. So 
they took advantage of the of the of the country. So yeah. I think there was a, they they want to do that also. Oh, this is Argentina. This is our people. And yeah. this they because what I like on pretty much like on the Hicks six histories like on three or four of them mm-hmm. they show like corruption. Yeah. And what it makes you do the corruption. Yeah. And what I love about the history is like you can see yourself in that position. Like, yeah. Somebody can take you to the edge. If you're not ready mentally, somebody yeah. can take you to the edge. Yeah. My recommendation, avoid that. You don't need that. Right, but, right, right, right. But yeah, somebody can take you to the edge and you can explode and you can do things that you can even imagine. But yeah. I don't mean like superpowers. I mean like bad things. Yeah. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Like evil. That's the thing. It's- so let's 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 go through each of them, right? So um, the first one is called, um, you know, it's colloquially known as Pasternak, which is the last name of the person that um, has been wronged by all these people on a plane. So basically in this one, um, we find out that the pilot is this Gabriel Pasternak, Gabriel Pasternak who um, his ex-girlfriend's on the, um, the flight. He basically like cons all these people into being on this flight and then he crashes the plane to like kill them all i mean he plashes he crashes it into his parents house who he doesn't like and that is how the movie begins so like it's a cold open right in this like basically sketch um his therapist is on the plane right so his therapist talks about it like oh we're not this is not our fault this is your parents fault and ironically the plane goes directly to that house right right um so that one is about that one is sort of um uh, sort of like the the opening like vengeance kind of thing. Um, the other ones start to get a bit deeper. It's the shorter, it's the shortest one, I believe. Um, and then the other sort of you know flesh out the characters a little more. This one sort of sets up. Okay, this is the type of ride we're in for. Yeah. I remember before, with the second one. What were you expecting with that movie before you started? It's like hmm. before I got before, to the second yeah, story. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, because I don't think I knew that it was an anthology. Um, I or I like I thought maybe they would connect a little more. Um, so I was like, oh well, all those characters are dead. So I yeah. guess we're um, we're switching gears. <laughs> um, but I I remember texting you after that, being like, okay, yeah, I'm fully on board already. <laughs> um, because I love I love that shit. I love when it's like so over the top and um, it, it had like you know, like soap opera music and it like, so it's like bubbling and it just becomes like more and more dramatic and I love it. Yeah, love in it. each uh, short film in mm-hmm. the movie is like the music is, it got you. Yeah. You don't need to hear too much things because the movie is like put you in the place. Yeah. So it's so yeah. good. That, that's yeah, the score amazing. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say about that one? That one's pretty like Yeah, that one's really fast because yeah. it's like the first one they get you in the movie is like, oh, this this is, will be the pace with the rest one. Right. But right. that one will get yeah, it sets up like yeah. what you're getting into, mm-hmm. and then the next one, which is the rats, or if you yeah, would take us through the, <laughs> the Spanish title, the Spanish. thank you. Um, you want to set up this one? Yeah. What happens in this one? That one is like a, it's um what it got in my mind is like a scary movie. Like you're in the in I don't know you can say like Texas, like on an mm-hmm. open space, like sure, a desert. Sure, like open road. Like yeah. It yeah. takes you to that, and it's raining, and it's like dark, and it's uh, you got a dining. So a, guy a diner is like there. a classic exactly. movie it's set. So yeah. it, it took me to those things. And it's a, an history about a girl. Like her family got screwed completely and her dad suicide and, mm-hmm. and everything because a guy who was trying to get his house and everything. And the guy gets in there and he didn't recognize her. And he's like a landlord or a mobster or like a land shark. Yeah, he's like, like a something. mobster inside. Mobster. And also he's trying to be a mayor or something like mm-hmm. that in Argentina. Right. And uh, the girl was in shock. When she goes to the kitchen and talks with the lady inside of there, she's like, oh, that guy is the, 
is guilty of all my disgrace in my family. Right. Like, right. What should I do? And right. the, the girl looks innocent. She doesn't want to do anything. She yeah. just want to like yell at him. The waitress, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. just want to yell at him. But the the girl, the lady in the kitchen, is yeah. like, no, let's do something extra. Yeah. Let's do a little, push it a little bit more. Right. And it's like, well, come on, no, right. don't do that. Which is funny because on that one, you would think that the waitress is the woman on the edge. You would think that she would be the one that would snap, but she's the one in the moral dilemma. Exactly. The, the, the like head kitchen lady is the one that's like, let's kill him. <laughs> um, she was like that directly. Let's kill yeah. him. Let's use poison rat. Let's right. Like, and so they, they use, they, they want to use rat poison, which is like also sort of a parallel to him being a rat. Exactly. Like they consider him like such a rat. But in, it's not only that. The guy, he actually, like you say, he's a rat. He's right. a bad guy. He... Right doesn't respect the people he doesn't right. respect anything he treats her like she was nothing right oh when, yeah he's he's so mean to her exactly he's like what do you not know how to waitress are you stupid da, 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 da. you know how to count you know how, right. those kind of things right. it's like they take you to the right to and the so level. that's like that's like the baseline level right so of course like the setup is oh yeah fuck this guy like he let the let the kitchen woman kill him but the, the plot twist the plot twist <laughs> is that his son arrives Concert. so then you're sort of like oh no like I'm supposed to hate this lone shark mobster, but now his kids right there. So, so just put in your mind happens. that you got on your table two yeah. plates with food, with poison, with rat poison. rat poison, and she's trying to stop the kid to don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. There's a point like she just threw the, the plate yeah. out, yeah, and he throws it to the guy, and the guy grabbed her. It's like so wild. It's a moment that you don't expect, and from the back jumps. You can continue with that one. Yep. So basically, um, the kitchen woman stabs him, yep. um, and he dies, and she gets arrested. And rem- does the kid make it? Does he? The live? kid make it. The yeah, kid yeah, make yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good thing about the history is, like, before all that happened, when she got that dilemma to do it or not do it, the lady from the kitchen says, like, "Why? He doesn't deserve to live. He did so many things wrong. And if I go to jail, it's it's okay." For me, it's fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'll be fine there. I will have the worries of the real world. Yeah. I will have food. I will have my time yeah. free. I was like, it's like, no, yeah. that's not right. It's such a weird moral dilemma. Like, mm-hmm. she is like, because you're like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, you will have, like, a bed and, yeah. like, food. and But you're also like, oh, but also you're about to kill someone who, like, has a kid, even though he was a shitty person. So it's a really, like, interesting moral dilemma of, like, um, like, that sort of like human playing God, quote unquote, who deserves to die type of thing. So I think there's like, there, there's a lot of that hidden like subtext and all these. So, yeah. and what they didn't say about this story is like, there's a lot of blood at the end of the, of the, yeah. at the scene. Yeah. And it takes me to one of the Almodovar's movie in La Piel Que Habito. That's in Spanish. Mm-hmm. In English, I think it's the skin, the something. Um, yeah. The, um, that one is, um, Antonio Banderas. I think. <sighs> Keep talking while I think about that. That one's yeah. Antonio Banderas. In that show, he's like, they show a lot of blood, a lot of like how they construct like something in another body, and they and it mm-hmm. takes me to that point. Like, is Almodovar? Right. Almodovar's hands is in this film, and I think it's like a, a, on the three short cuts done in that film that he's like trying to produce a little bit more, and they give more options to the other producers yeah. to develop the other character. The skin I live in is the, the skin I live yeah. in. That yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like a plastic surgeon or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it took me back to that one with all the blood and everything. Yes, yeah. crazy. And next up. Next up. Um, the next one is the stronger um, one. Yes, the stronger one. That's or in Spanish, el más fuerte. El más fuerte. And that one is like outside of Buenos Aires. It's okay. also like a 
open space. A mm-hmm. guy goes in his new Audi. Mm-hmm. Like he's driving. He's yep. completely chill. Yep. He's like, okay, he's going to his also job. Also, sort of the open road sort of mm-hmm. trope. Yep. Exactly. With his music, because in this one, you got an open space. When you go into the car, it's like, okay, he got chill music and everything. Yeah. But Strange comes out in like in front of him yeah and he doesn't let him pass by so with his car he's stopping so he's moved one to channel to another and he came by and there's a point that he goes like next to him and he said like and he yells him yeah. and say a lot of other words i think he says the word the worst word you can say in argentinian mm-hmm. in spanish argentinian to offense someone mm-hmm. and then he like he moves away and he's like okay everything's going good yeah and after that what happened so it's a it, so to back up for one second most of these start with like very familiar cinematic tropes like in this one you were saying like these two cars are sort of at, at a cat and mouse standoff like one person won't let him pass and then he curses him out and then the person kind of falls away and you're like this can't be over yet so basically um what happens is the guy who is like cussing this other guy out um he um gets a flat tire and this other guy is in he's like in a truck he's like in a like it's a, a tiny car but he's like got a lot of stuff on it like that's chairs yeah. tables yeah. and so he, you can you sort of get this vibe that he's like a like a handyman exactly um, he's from around he's from that area but the other one's from the city that right perspective right um yeah this guy this guy from the city's in like like an audi or like a bmw or some sort of like fancy car um and so he gets a flat tire and the guy drives by and he's like oh so now you need help after like calling me a dumb redneck um and <laughs> oh yeah that's the translation they put on, yeah, on redneck, english yeah, yeah. it's it's a little worse probably worse yeah. <laughs> it's a little worse in spanish i'll, I'll believe you i'll believe you um and so um basically the guy gets out of the car (laughs) smashes it up defecates on it pees on it screams at him like it does like everything he can basically right um and uh just as he's like about to leave yeah i'll toss it back to you yeah there's a point (laughs) about to leave the guy from the city leaves but when he crossed the bridge and he's like i don't like 50 100 meters from the guy he's like something in his mind clicks yeah. Because the guy tell him, I'm going to find you. I got your license. I got your plate. I got everything. I'm going to find you. And I'm yeah. going to kill you. Yeah. And he's like so aggressive. And after he crossed the bridge, something in his mind clicked. He's like, boom. He's like, no. Yep. This is not going to stop here. Uh, this guy doesn't deserve to live. And he turns around in his car. And he wants to hit him. And he, he can't do it. He tried like two times. And in that moment, he lost the tire on his car. Yep. So now they're in an open space and he go like really close to the bridge, like almost to fall. Almost yeah, to go he basically, down. he tries to like push the guy into exactly. the river. Yeah. And in that point, they get like, the guy gets into the car of the, the other one through the, to the back of the car mm-hmm. because everything was like bulletproof and everything through the glass and he couldn't go in. And uh, they start a fight. Star fight in the car. Yes. It's so weird. Like, who is the stronger one? That's right. the funny part yeah, of the that's name. The, yeah. Like, uh, I just like yelled you, but we're gonna fight till the end. Yeah. Even like they were like, I don't know, from age school, like yeah. old ones. And yeah. So basically, they 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 get in this they get in this fight. They try to push each other off the river. They both fail. Um, there's some seatbelt around the neck. There's some punching. <laughs> there's some you know wrestling. There's some um, trying to set the car on fire. Da 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 da. And so, all the, but before this, um, rich guy, city guy, has called a um, 
like a triple A or whatever, mm-hmm. like a, a roadside assistant. Assistance, yeah. Um, and uh, the, basically what happens is the car blows up, they both <laughs> die, and they get incinerated. Um, and the triple A guy calls the cops, and when they find them, they're embraced like yeah. lovers, basically. It was the motive of those things. So the, the whole, like, the social commentary of that one, I think, <laughs> like, the, the, the subtext or the underlying moment of that is, like, these men trying to show off their masculinity end up looking like lovers. Like, like lovers. they, instead of like being like these big, strong men, they end up looking like, you know, like mm-hmm. sentimental lovers. So yeah. as they try to like have a, you know, like a pissing contest or like a dick measuring contest, mm-hmm. essentially, they end up, um, <laughs> it is, it's like that. that's literally what it is. Yeah. Um, they end up embraced and incinerated. So <laughs> that one is like, I think that is like sort of like a, a uh, like a takedown of like tox- toxic masculinity or like road rage or I think road rage yeah. that's the yeah. best that yeah. takes it out and then the next one which is um, Little Bomb is what Little it is bomb. essentially Tiny Bomb like Bombita um, Bombita in Spanish the name is Bombita yeah and, and for Ita me is like you add it to like, mean, like bomb, small or little small yeah. Bomb. Yeah. yeah and then like host, you get uh, the analogy on the mind of the people and also actual bomb right so right. this one to be honest over here, this is my favorite one. I knew you were going to say that. This is my yeah. favorite one. Because you told me about this one before we yeah. even before I even watched this. Yeah, you're like, I told you, like, you're going to remember Bombita. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Well, so, that one, that one, this one had like a lasting impact on Argentinian culture. Like people in pop culture would be like, oh, like, uh, um, like the American version of going postal was like, mm-hmm. um, uh, talk about this one while I figure yeah. out what it was. So with this one with Bombita and uh, the actor... He's an engineer, so he's basically an engineer who takes charge of like buildings. So like, like we have to put it down, so like explode him. So at the beginning, the cinematography is really good because they show you like you don't know where they are until like he gets out, like how he put the bombs, how he set, and that's a good thing because when he set the bombs, that's a tiny blue light. That yeah. is going to take you to the end of the story that he's on his truck of his car yeah. and he gets a blue light. But yeah. we'll, we'll so get he's, there. So he's a controlled detonator, basically. Controlled yeah. detonator yeah. because an engineer and everything. Yeah. Apparently, he got a good life, like a regular. He's married. He got a kid, a little yeah. girl. He has and that, like, nuclear version of two, two and a half kids, white fence, da da da, da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like that. And uh, apparently, he's... He doesn't have the best relationship with his wife, and he's right. like they're like in the in the edge, I think. Right, he's like um, he's running late or something, right, to pick he's up the the cake, cake of cake. Uh, yeah. her daughter. Yeah. He's her birthday, so uh, he goes to pick up the, the cake. He he tells the the wife like, okay, I'm gonna pick the cake. I'm gonna do everything. I'll be there on time. That's the main thing. Right. To be there on time right. for the birthday. Yeah. That's the the um the, sort of the the. the uh, um, impetus for the story, yeah, right? Like, like being on time, yeah. being, on, being on time on the at the house, so he can like save his relationship to get connect with her. Be the good dad, and da, 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 everything. Yeah. And he goes to pick up the cake, but he parked on a place that apparently he can park. Right. But when he gets a cake, and that and that moment starts a conversation that uh, the people try to get more money from him. Right. So it's like a uh, hundred dollars, but at the end it's gonna be one fifty. He's like, come on, but it's too much. And but he's trying that one. When yeah. he turns around, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even make that connection mm-hmm. that they try to upsell him there yeah, too. and oh, everything. Wow. Yeah. In all the transactions, he's talking with someone. It's yeah. like, no, you have to give us more, give us more, give us more. Right. And there's a point that he, that's the beginning of the end. That's the beginning yeah. of the. He's starting to implosion inside. Yeah. When he turns around, his car is not there, because apparently, the place that he was parking, he was like 
fade and it didn't say anything, but yeah. he was not supposed to park. Yeah. For you, for you New Yorkers listening, where there was like a yellow <laughs> sidewalk, you can't park there. And I think there's something similar. Similar, but it's yeah. fade away. Right. And that's his argument. When he goes to pick up his car in the municipal and uh, the place where it's supposed to be, yeah. the parking lot. And the DMV for all intents and yeah, purposes. Exactly, yeah. for the DMV for New Yorkers. And, and the, he, his argument is like, come on, it's not there. It's not yellow. It's not nothing. How was but, I supposed to know? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's, he started like fighting with the guy. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you my money, but give me my car. But then you have to pay more because you have to park in there. So in, in, in his mind, he gets to the edge and okay, I want to pay, I want to leave. But when he leaves... There's a lot of traffic to go to his house. So he arrives like yeah, he ends up being late. late, so yeah. late. And his wife is like terrible with him. It's like, okay, you do all, everything wrong. You do everything. You, you're never there for us. Yeah. And that's the implosion of his family. Right. So it's a step-by-step, the step destruction of that character. Yeah. And after that night, they, he got a conversation with his wife. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to divorce. That's, right. We yeah. get to the limit that we don't, I can't be with you well, anymore. Well, first he gets arrested. He gets so, a, no, that's the second part. After the he gets so arrested. isn't but isn't it the divorce? Oh, yeah, yeah the divorce con, the divorce conversation comes after, after he, he gets, gets arrested, arrested. Um, which is and he gets arrested because when he tries to get a refund, he oh, freaks okay. out and attacks the glass <laughs> like at the DMV. Yeah, because there's two offices. The first one where he pick up his car. Yeah, the towing then, agency. Yeah, exactly, and then he goes to a second one which because is the he DMV. wants to fight yeah. with that's the DMV because he didn't deserve that ticket. Right. And at that point, he's talking with the guy. And he's like, oh, okay, I want to talk with the manager. Yeah. He's like, no, there's no manager here. Yeah. He's like, he's really funny. He's like, what? Are you the president of the country or right, what? Right, I need right, somebody else. Right. It's like, and at the end, the guy. Called. I forgot about that line. <laughs> he's like, come on. He says in, in Spanish, yeah. Eres el presidente de la república. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, or what? what? What's, what's, what's the deal? Yeah. Like, you're the one. And the guy calls security. Oh, and he responds like, oh, you're calling security? Okay. Uh, he grabs like a fire thing and yeah, he crashes like in that. that yeah. And the, the crazy thing is after that, he gets in jail and one of his co-workers take him out, but he gave him the bad news. It's like, okay, you're not in the company anymore. Right. And this, our company provides support to the state and you did this against the state. So right, you right. can't be with we us can't be, anymore. We can't be associated, yeah. And yeah. So basically, we go through this Again, he like gets his car um, <laughs> towed again, and um, he and so um, all, as all this is happening, right? He uh, then applies for a job, which he doesn't get successfully, and he, you know, as he's coming out of this job that he's applied for, the car gets towed again. So um, you have to come back to the same place, right? The first place, right? Long story short is. He then purposely gets his car towed and leaves explosives that he knows he can explode safely without killing anyone, but can cause destruction to the to the place to the place the like the office of the the towing. The, and so basically, he it gets towed, it blows up, and he sort of becomes a martyr. He like blows up on social media, um, people calling for his release, and it ends with his wife and daughter visiting him in prison with this birthday cake. In the form of a tow truck. Exactly. So he's sort of become like this martyr, like this this symbol of like taking on the man or whatever. And so the, the sort of moral dilemma or subtext of this one is like the system crushing the little guy. And that, like, apparently he was innocent, like right. this crushing of here. And, and standing up, right? So um, again, there's that moral dilemma of like destruction of property versus... Is um, he doing the right thing? Right. Is he doing the right thing? The, um, a the lot thing- of people... 
that got in my mind that when you in at the end when he's in jail and everything and they show you everything about social media is yeah. like the corruption generates violence one yeah. of the, the the things on the uh, uh, newspaper right. so everything talks about corruption right. and i think they did that message to also hit the government's like stop doing wrong yeah. things because yeah. we're here and there's gonna yeah. be a moment that we're gonna explode right but like somebody's gonna be bombita and um like blow up these buildings right mm -hmm. um so it's like is that okay to make a point if you know you're not gonna hurt anyone? Like that's sort of like the moral dilemma of that one, which is very interesting. I, I was like, hmm, is this guy a hero or what? Like yeah. he, he's taking down the DMV, which is like an office nobody likes, but like, <laughs> should he be destroying the property? Like blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I think the overarching thing of that is like, I'm sure there was something happening in Argentina, like, or in South America well, that they were like... Yeah, that's a yeah. sad history about our countries, like pretty much in South America. It's connected with all those kind of things about corruption and yeah. all of that. That Yeah, I can talk for hours about yeah, my country yeah. that is like into those things. Yeah. And also Argentina is getting, again, into that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a message. It's a powerful message that a lot of movies from South America have. Yeah. Uh, from my country, I can say a lot, like a couple of movies, but pretty much they focus on one thing, violence. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I could watch those movies, but I didn't want to focus on that because I wanted yeah. to know more about movies. I want to, to know more about more realities. Right. Yeah. And not only that, because I know we're not that. Right. I know we're more than that. Than just that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, that's always the, the tricky thing is like when you're making a socially conscious movie, it's like, do I want my my country or my culture to be only known for this or do I want to expose other parts? So Other characters, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that one is one of my favorites as well. Um, and then the next one is the proposition or the deal, and in Spanish, la propuesta. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, this one is. I'll start the description yeah, yeah, for this one. Um, so this is another one that sort of deals with corruption or being paid off. Um, and basically, what happens is a teenager in his dad's car comes home distraught after a hit and run of a pregnant woman. So. We don't know if they've lived right at first, but then we find out that they have both passed. So it's reported on the local news that um, this um, woman and her unborn child were killed by hit and run and the husband like swears vengeance, right? So we're back to that sort of vengeance um, theme. Um, and so basically the, the driver, the teen's parents, they're like very affluent. They live in a nice house. They're ready to spend millions of dollars to... Um, Save or, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you know, save him from persecution. And so they form a plan with a lawyer um, to frame the groundskeeper um, who will, you know, like take the blame and also take a half a million dollars for when he's out. And so the, um, the groundskeeper's like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. Like, I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go to prison and then I'll have all this money when I get out. Um, and the local prosecutor, though, sees right through it when he realizes that the mirrors of the car were not adjusted to the groundskeeper's height. So then they pull the prosecutor into sort of the corruption payoff deal and yeah, exactly. Jesus, what happens after that? In that one, you can see corruption in all levels mm -hmm. from government to a regular house. And then also the guy who's keeping your house safe. It's like right. you see corruption and you see ambition all of them. But right. not the ambition that I want to be a good professional. No, I have ambition that I want more money. I want more and more and more, even that I, that is not mine, but I yeah. wanted it too. And they all like start going at each other's backs and throats too, like making deals behind each other's backs. And like the people that you think are going to trust each other don't. And Yeah, so the dad of the teenager is the one who have the money and right. he's trying to save him. But 
I think he's trying to do it more because his mom is pushing it like mm -hmm. save him he's her only child and he doesn't deserve that he's a good boy and everything mm -hmm. but the guy was in a party he was drinking and yeah. then he hit and ran yeah obviously it's not right and at the end that's like different situations that they trying to get more money from him and also they take him to that level of him it's like okay stop i'm not gonna give any money he's a grown-up man he deserves what he did right he had to face the authorities you have to do everything and now i'm not going now i'm not going to pay anything right. else the case gets too complicated and he says it's out it's over he's I'm going to jail out. Yeah, yeah exactly but there's a point that his mom trying to convince him like okay we have to save him let me go to find a deal so out of screen she make a deal with the guy and okay everything was settled down and there's a, a specific scene on that that one that okay. it took me back to parasite okay so you remember when the, oh, I can't wait for the lawyer yeah. is talking with the prosecutor outside yeah and he's watching inside of the house yeah so you have the house and that perspective with the grass and all the when grass. they're trying to when he's just seeing yeah, everything yeah, yeah. is yeah. so quiet yeah. and he's yeah. watching it and it take, took me back to Parasite so it's You're, a little parallel like. and the the beginning of the peach sequence starts mm -hmm. with that the, the woman she's looking through or someone's looking through the glass at the original housekeeper and the woman and the woman you're yeah. right yes so, yeah, and there's I mean there's all kinds of those glass looking scenes in Parasite oh, awesome. Parasite is and so this one is like six good. years ago so it's yeah. like they got a tricky thing and I mean yeah. also Bong Joon-ho is like he is very open about his ins his inspiration. So I'm sure he was like inspired by the work yeah. of Almodovar. And like, this is a wild movie. So it might be in there. In his and mind. a little bit of an Eat the Rich movie, sort of, too. So that's nice. Yeah. 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 So well, at the end, they make an arrangement outside of the screen and everything. Okay. Yeah. The guy is going to, he's going, the, the guy who keeps the house, who keeps it clean and everything. He accepts the deal and do everything. And when he's going with the prosecutor to the police car, mm -hmm. there's a journalist. There's a lot of people processing. And from nowhere, the people, the crowd open. And the guy who is the, the guy who lost his wife and he started jumps in and boom, kill yeah. him, the other guy. So like, basically, it ends up that this poor guy who was going to take the fall and make mm -hmm. all this money gets, ends up being killed. Exactly. And so, he's not that innocent either because during the scene, during the everything, he hurts like, okay, you got money, but I don't want that. I also want an apartment. Right, but he right. wasn't innocent. So you have corruption also in that level. Right. Yeah. So You're none right. of them. Yeah. Were it's, it's like, a, again, that moral dilemma of like, who's innocent, who's not, who's corrupt, what's, what's worth it. Like, if everyone is corrupt around me, why don't I be corrupt too? It's like, yeah, it's that so the corruption always takes you to the wrong path. Right, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. blow up at some point. Yep, and no one wins. And no one in the wins. End. Yeah, and then I think no one wins. No, I would say like everybody loses. Yeah, everybody it's loses. The, the yeah, there's, there's no like, win. It's a different perspective, loses. but yeah. everybody loses. Yeah, yeah. You don't have nothing positive. Um, yeah, um, and then the we're going to jump to the, the last final one, one the which final is one. my favorite one. Yeah, which I, is, I thought that. Yeah, I knew that. Which is um, till death do us part, or oh, hasta que la muerte nos separe. So, hasta que la muerte no se pare is something that you say in the in the church when you're getting married. So mm -hmm. that's the last thing. You can continue. You, that's right. your favorite. You can talk. And about then, it. so the, the like and the rough as the rough translation is like um, uh, until the the time that we die, we won't separate. Or like mm -hmm. in you know in American vows or whatever, till death do us part. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, they're at this. Uh, 
we have the, we, we we enter this Jewish wedding, um, and we're in the middle of the party when we discover that Ro- Romina, the Romina. Um, actress or the um, the central character, who is by the way uh, Erica Rivas, mm-hmm. the lead actress of that, she is my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> she is just so unhinged, it is so good, and her breakdown, her like spiraling out of control, <laughs> the layers that she brings are oh, it's so good. Um, so her basically, expressions, her Sorry expressions. It's at like, the beginning, she's so happy, she's in a wonderful world. Yeah, and then step by step, he's going she to like Earth, just, and yeah. then she goes directly. To it her. is like telenovela, like big <laughs> expression. It's so good. Um, she basically discovers that her groom Ariel is cheating on her with one of the guests, whom he also works with. Works I think. with. Yeah. I think she's at the the work table. Um, and so the way that she finds out is she calls. Um, she takes his phone and calls a contact called Guitar Teacher. Guitar Teacher. And she watches it. this woman answer. And so you she just called see her like two times to right. make sure it's her. Right. And so you just see this woman's face mm. sink. And so she confronts them in front of everyone during their first dance. Their first dance. Um, and he's like, please don't do this here. Please don't do this here. And so then she runs off. She runs, she's running through the hotel or wherever she is, wherever they are, the ballroom. Um, and she ends up on the roof. And so she's like in distress, crying on the roof. And she is confronted by like a kitchen worker, like a chef or something. Um, yeah, because and, at the beginning, you think that she's going to jump. She's right. Like, yeah, yeah. She feels so bad. But that's the guy in the back of her, like talking to her. It's sort of, again, sort of sets itself up with this sort of, you know, Hollywood trope of running off and going to the edge of the the thing and I'm gonna jump because my life is over um, <laughs> sort of you know setup right and um, but then we get this twist when this you know as all of the other vignettes have there's like a twist that sort of veers us in the opposite direction of what you expect and um, she discovers this 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 kitchen worker and they end up having sex so then. Ariel comes to the roof and discovers them having sex. Ariel is with his best friends too. So right, Ariel right. is shocked and his friends are like shocked and laughing. He's like, right, what they're the, like, what's going what on? the hell is going on? <laughs> um, and so then she, you know, goes off on this vindictive rant of, "I will sleep with everyone like I that, that I, I want. want. Every man that shows me interest, everyone that tells me what I'm worth, I'm gonna take you for all your worth." Da 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 da. And I keep your money. All the all the properties you put under my name yep. is gonna be mine. Yep. She's like, "We're gonna stay married, and you're gonna hate me, and I'm gonna hate you." <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, uh, and she's like, "If you ever try to divorce me, I'll like take everything you have, and so you're gonna be stuck with me until you die." So like, there's the till death do us part thing, um, and then. They return to the party. They return to the party. So Ariel stays up on the rooftop. Like, he throws up because he's in shock. Yeah, like he yeah, can't yeah, yeah. believe that Romina become yep. something like that. And she goes downstairs. Right, because she seems so sweet and, yep. like, um, uh, jovial at the beginning of the um, the story. And then, like, she just has... She snaps. Yeah. She snaps completely in that point. So then and we then go back to the ballroom. She goes to the dancing area and everything. Mm-hmm. She starts dancing. But in that point, she's already... With her hair like messed up, the dress is like dirty, and she doesn't have like. She's Clearly, something has happened in exactly. the room. Yeah, and then during that time, a lot of people in the in the party they doesn't know they doesn't know anything. Okay, something's wrong, but let's continue with the with the wedding party, the party one, and then she starts dancing with her friend, with her best friend, and she starts talking. There's some point that she sees the girl with the, her husband was cheating yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. The quote-unquote guitar guitar tutor. That's so funny, the guitar teacher. And she grabs her. Oh, come on. Are you leaving? She asks her. Are you leaving? No, no. The party is just beginning. Come here. Let's dance. 
and they start spin around, spin around, spin around. That's a funny joke. Like she tells, like in Spanish. Okay, something happened. You know about that park, like a theme park that they closed because a car just flew away. Like, uh -huh. and they're like spinning around real fast, and then she. Oh, I don't up. even know if I noticed or remember that. Wait, she, what? What? What's the line? In in Spanish, it's like uh, remember. Recuerdas ese carro que se soltó? Remember that car that loose in that park? So they're spinning so oh, fast. Oh yeah. And like, well, yes. the car loose, and she. Yeah, and so lose her arm. That's a parallel of exactly yeah. of the, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And the lady like runs into a glass, like yeah. a mirror, like yeah. a huge mirror, and bloom. All yeah. the parties stop and start watching. It's like, what is going yeah. on? So and after Romina lets go and the the mirror boom. crashes, the mirror crashes. Um, all hell breaks loose, basically, mm -hmm. right? And then, <laughs> so then Ariel ends up after you know every all the drama. Ariel ends up crying on the floor and he's like why are you why are you like this why are you a monster why and, are you doing this to me right to me to me he's like still being so self-centered despite the fact that he's the one that cheated on her um well actually she has now cheated on him too actually at this point um, <laughs> and so romina in like calls the photographer over and is like film this, film this. now i want to see um, this yeah. i want to show this to my grandkids my not even yes. my kids my grandkids yes. oh it's so good this. it's so rich um, his mom comes in his mom comes in they're all like she's like holding him and she wants to get him on film at his weakest because she's like still feeling so vindictive um and then um ariel's mother attacks romina and there's more drama everyone's fighting the husband the father blah 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 and then everyone just like collapses out of sheer emotion um and there's like there's the emts have been called there's like the emergency medical workers around and they don't know what's going on right they're like the doctor is like okay is you go with on? this one or go with the other one and the doctor stay with the romina yeah and there's a point like the uh yeah Ariel comes up he grabs a knife yeah. and when he grabs a knife all the people is like Whoa, everyone's like oh no where's stop. this going yeah and so the last you know this is at the, the last 10 minutes or whatever so the last you know hour and 50 minutes would expect us to believe that someone's about to be stabbed. <laughs> someone's going to be stabbed, exactly. And then once again, we get a twist. We get a twist. And how does it end? Ariel goes to the table. So when everything happened with the fight of uh, Romina and the mom, of, uh, Ariel's mom, and the case goes to the floor. But after that, Ariel picks up the cake, cuts it, yeah, eat it. And he lost the knife. He throw the knife away. He's just eating his cake. Yep. He gets a bottle of champagne. He was drinking, happy. He's like, okay. He's like, in my mind, I think he was thinking like, okay, this is my life now. Yeah. I'm going to accept this. Yeah. And then he goes to Romina. He grabs her arm. He just like pull it up and start kissing. Yeah. Start and then <laughs> in it, front of everyone. But not a regular kiss, like a romantic movie. Oh, yeah. No, an intense one that they want to take off their clothes. They want to do everything in front of the people. And when the people see that, it's like, ah, oh, this is, this is lost. This yeah, is this like, is okay, a disaster. Go. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they like, for all, they're like about to have sex in front of everyone mm -hmm. and then all the guests are like what in <laughs> the hell just happened like there's been like this whirlwind of like drama destruction violence um and now revenge. we're back to passion yeah, like, yeah, yeah revenge yeah and now we're back to passion which sort of like wraps up everything that we um been watching for been watching hours. for the last two hours um and this one is just my favorite because it, it's so like eloquently um and at the same time bombastically like displays like the range of human emotions involved with like love or passion or whatever like these people clearly love each other but she just like freaks out because like her, she feels like her trust has been um uh like violated or broken and but then at the end she's like 
oh, am I, I still sort of like, into this? I still like, want this yeah, life. Like, I, still I still want to enjoy yeah. it. Still yeah. like, he's like, hmm, I still okay. want like this normal, like, I think I will give, like, I can forgive this or whatever, whatever it is. So basically, oh, so to tie this and the um, Bombita in with like the cultural at, um, impact. So there was like a, a, a New York Times article that was saying that it became like a genuine social phenomenon um, with like some of these characters gaining cult status in South America. Like, um, people would say soy bombita which was or like i am bombita yeah. which is like the american version of going postal or like if somebody like freaked don't out take and, me like, to that level. yeah it's yeah like, okay, don't stop. exactly and then um uh rivas was saying that uh she's been stopped on the street asking and people will say film this for me or i want you to film this <laughs> so like th- these like little catchphrases became like ingrained in the culture for a while in the 2010s. i didn't know that one that's yeah. good it's good yeah. to know yeah but yeah that's how that close our Tiny history is our sixth history in that yeah. movie. There's the um, short films, the breakdown. So, your favorites, Bombita. My favorite is Bombita, and that will be my second one. The two that two us apart. Yeah, I think those are my two favorite as well. I do. I am. I'm very intrigued by the the rat one too. The rats because it feels like a neo noir movie. I sort of mm-hmm. like the homage to like old school, um, uh, like filmmaking techniques in general, like with the rain and the mm-hmm. the, the high stakes and. Um, and also the, how they did the film. Like, remember when they're in the kitchen mm-hmm. and both of them, the two ladies, mm-hmm. the uh, waitress and the kitchen, they like go to Looking the window. In the window and yeah. They're both in the window. Yeah. That's perfect. that's great. That yeah, like the, the, yeah. the tableau and the, the cinematography and the, the framing and everything is so good. Um, and what I was also gonna say is the um, the uh, till death to us part sort of reminds me of Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which <laughs> is another Almodovar movie. Have you seen that one? No. Um, wait, let me see if I can find the all Spanish title to see if you recognize it from that. Um, but basically, that one is another one where um, she there, there's like someone in an, an, a larger than life circumstance that she ends up, but still like the passion like comes through. Like obviously, the Almodovar Dovar brothers are very interested in like passion and like what it makes people do. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that they like took this sure, project yeah. on to produce. Take it to um, that path. It's called Atame. Or Timey. Timey. A-T-A-M-E. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is... It, the final vignette reminds me of that movie. Um, yeah. But yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to add about this movie in No, general? I just want to ask you. Do you like oh. it? How, what do you oh. like most? Do you love yes. it? It's like, um, shocking for you? Yeah, okay. I'm turn, we're flipping the script. You're asking me questions. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was like... it. it when you... So, listener, when um, Jesus recommended this to me, he was like, I know you'll like this movie. You need to watch this movie because I know you'll like it. And he was right because it really does, like, encapsulate so many of the things I like. It's, like, over dramatic, but in the perfect way because everyone's so committed. It's not, like, trying to make fun of itself. It's not trying to, like, be a parody. It's supposed to be very specific social commentary told in a very heightened state. And I love that. It's sort of, like... It does have like parasite elements too, where like everything's sort of over the top, but to prove a point, and it's very high. It's highly stylized, yeah. and the score is delectable, and it like it takes all these like cinematic tropes and sort of turns them on their head, um, and like uses each of them so effectively, um, and it it's also just so fun to watch. It's like you laugh, you, you, you laugh, laugh. You're, 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 you're in shock, you're, you're in like, shock, what? you're, you're like you're, you, you can't help but be like. <laughs> um, like like jaw <laughs> dropped like He's am I rooting correct. for this person like am I am I supposed to be am I not supposed to be um, and it, it's a very um, interesting look at like real humanity and like how people react when like 
we're in these like pressure cook situations where like you know 98% of humanity can can cope but like that 2% that snap is like mm-hmm. sort of under a microfine uh microfine a um, magnifying oh, glass um, in this movie and it's it's so fun to watch and the the modern attention span is not as like good as it used to be so like to see movies um sort of broken down into these little chunks makes it very digestible and, exactly um, it, it, i feel it got the right amount of histories like six yeah. is enough yeah like no more no less it's like different perspectives but yeah. the main result is that one and like show your revenge show your things like that and and you p- can get to that point you right. know some point of your life if you right. don't control yourself you can get to that right it's it's sort of like a it's like a warning it's like yeah, don't exactly. let this be you don't do, don't be that person right 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 but yeah i i loved it a lot um do you have uh like a favorite specific part outside of like a favorite vignette? A specific part? I will say like when well, I was talking about Bombita and the truck with the blue lights, like yeah. they show, they, he's opened his truck like very much like a, like a Tarantino movie. When they open the truck, you got the camera inside of the truck mm-hmm. and he got the reflection of the blue lights, like the tickling of the blue light. Yeah. And you know like, oh, this is from the bombs. What he's going to do now? Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And pretty much with the in the until death do us part. Yeah. At the end, like when he's like spinning around with the lady, it's like okay, Such cool cinematography you're there, here, so, yeah. you're f- making fun of me in my wedding, and right. you did this, and you're still here. And it's like, huh, I'm gonna get revenge now. Right, Boom. right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the scene after that, that she's on the stairs, like sitting yeah. with like uh, a lot of medical around, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like she got like blood. That's yeah, and glass so everywhere. Yeah, yep. so Almodovar. <laughs> like, and he's like so obsessed with the color red too. Exactly, and, um, that's the thing. Yeah, but yes, really? I, I, this was such a perfect re- um, recommendation for me. It really, it checked so many of the boxes that I love about film. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for coming and discussing our first South American film. Nice. It was very nice to have your perspective. Thank you for helping us with the, um, the pronunciation of all the, <laughs> the, the little bits. Um, so one other question I have for you is, if people like this movie, what other movie or movies might they, might they enjoy as well? So do you have any suggestions for other Argentinian films or South American films or films that are um, uh, high camp like this or um, movies that have similar themes of violence and vengeance? So, yes, I will say one Argentinian one is older than this one. I think it's like around 2001. Okay. In Spanish, it's Nueve Reinas. In English, it's Nine Queens. Yep, yep. And it's basically a, a thriller about the how a guy who is like a, he's a bad guy he's like pretty much like ocean 11 like try to get people like get his money okay yeah like uh, and into the police and like a con man and how a young boy that he was trying to be cheat on with all the what he was doing like mm-hmm. he like fucked him up he's yeah, <laughs> like yeah. okay i'm gonna yeah. do this to you right i'm right. gonna do this to you okay and that one is nueve reinas nine, nine queens. queens okay that one is a an argentinian one it's really good and also bombita is the one in that movie too Okay. He's one of the actors. He's okay. so yeah. good. He's so good on that one. Okay. And yeah. what else? What Fabian Belinsky was the director of that. B- uh, Bielinsky, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah. I will say, I told you about this one, uh, Brazilian one, City of God. City of God, yeah. Ciudad de Dios. Yep. And that is absolutely on my list. And it has been for a long time because 
that what I think was ranked on some BBC list as like mm-hmm. one of the greatest movies of all time. Yep. Um, yes. Or like the 2000s, I think maybe. Yeah, I think uh, early 2000s or around 99, 98. Yeah. On that one, it's really good because everything is on Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. As we know, Rio de Janeiro got the favelas and the yeah. favelas is not a, it's a really intense. It's like if we compare with New York, like from the hoods and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So basically a favela or a, a favela is like a, like a slum for mm-hmm. all intents exactly. and purposes. Yeah. And you got two histories. One guy who wants to be a photographer and journalist and the other one who wants to be a gangster. Yeah. So they're friends. They know each other and they grow together and they show you how the destruction could be the good, the, the apparently good side and also the other. And that one is really good to watch the cinematography and yeah, I that's think it definitely was nominated. Honest, yeah. I think it was nominated. And oh yeah. 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 It got some, it picked mm-hmm. up some Oscar nominations and it's, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. City of God. City of God. Yep. Dios, and Nine Queens. Nine Reinas. Love that. Um, City of God um, is a uh, Fernando Marai movie who he also had his hand on something that um, Americans would have seen recently. Um, the Two Popes. He directed The Two Popes. Oh, well. I didn't know that one. Though. Yeah. So, um, More he... budget because the budget is completely different with this one. Yeah. Two Popes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two Popes is like a Netflix release. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um... But in City of God, he got a, also good cinematography and you got everything. But also, you know, he's a limited budget. It's not a... Right. They don't spend right. that much in that movie. But the right. acting, they're like, you. if you see it, they're kids. They're right. kids. They want to be cancer. That's her dream. Their dream, and they're like eleven. Yeah. And you got that acting from those kids, and it got beautiful scenes, like yeah. really intense. They always gonna be in your mind. That is good. I mean, he's pretty known for like directing, you know, amazing performances out of people. He's like good at. He's like a, an actor's director. I mean, Rachel Weisz won a Oscar for The Constant Gardener, which mm-hmm. is another one of his movies. So I'm very excited to see how he works with these these kids. I I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. Maybe I'll watch it later today. Um, <laughs> Maybe that'll be my homework today. I was thinking um, an, a good uh, um, sort of parallel in terms of theme uh, would be the Kill Bill movies because oh, yeah. they are like a woman seeking vengeance <laughs> or revenge and using lots of violence, but in a very campy way. It's like, it's very heightened. It has something to say. It um, deals with like, you know, vengeance and violence. Um, and it's funny that you should bring up Tarantino because I was thinking, oh, Kill Bill is like very much like this movie. Um, another one that's like sort of in this vein as well is another Tarantino, which is Death Proof. That's also very <laughs> similar. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably yeah, the, the, recommendation. The, the two that I would say in terms of theme, since you covered the, the sort of ge- the geography of it all. Yeah. I was trying to recommend a little bit from South America. Yeah, I love that. We got good movies. Yeah, not, of not, course. Not the same budget, but it's a different perspective and a yeah. different point of, I mean, point of view that you need to um, see to know right. if you like movies. Right. I mean, there has been so there's been such a like a, a, a renaissance of Mexican um, um, filmmaking in America. So yeah. it's it's nice to see like um, I hope that like others like S- South American countries get the sort of recognition that they deserve because. American, you know, Hollywood is so resistant to um, foreign language films or they have like this weird thing that like Americans make the best movies and that's just like, that's not the case like most of the time. Like there's been a brilliant Asian cinema and French cinema, like um, South American, Mexican, like cinema coming out for so long. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that like the... um, uh, the Quarones and the Inuartus and the um, uh, Del Toros of the world are like they, it's like sweeping this best director category at the Oscars all the time. So I'm hoping the world is like changing and, and not also in. that it's gonna help the American film culture grows exactly. up, take it to yeah. another level, open yeah. to op- 
new doors to uh, new so you can get more information yeah. new things new, yeah. because life is not only superheroes and everything exactly. so it's more than exactly. that yeah well thank you so much for being on the pod jesus thank this was you. such a good episode um we really covered so much um if you guys have not seen wild tales go watch it um jesus where can we find you on social media yeah uh, so my name is jesus call me seven that's on Instagram and okay. Twitter. That's the one I use. I'll tag him and everything. Exactly. Thanks <laughs> and, uh, so much. Uh, so um, this is my first podcast, like you know, that I ever recorded. And also it's woo-hoo. the first one in English. And I speak Spanish. So that, I was like, it was good. You Thank did you great. Me. And you were basically doing it in two languages. You mm-hmm. helped out with all the, all the Spanish. Thank um, you so much. So again, Wild Tales, or the Spanish title is, one more time. Relatos Salvajes. Thank you. 2014. Look it up. Um, I rented it. I don't, I'm not sure if yeah, it's streamable anywhere, it. but and, uh, um, Amazon was almost a dollar, like two dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazon, Amazon, iTunes, wherever. Definitely check this movie out. It's so much fun. Um, it's got great little hints of Almodovar for those people who are a fan of him. Um, and you should uh, definitely check it out. Jesus, thank you again. Thanks to you. I'll, I'm you. sure I'll see you like tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Guys.